After he had fed the people, Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and proceed him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. After doing so, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat already a few miles offshore was being tossed about by the waves, but the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, he came toward them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said. They cried out, and they cried out in fear. At once, Jesus spoke to them, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter said to him in reply, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw how strong the wind was, he became frightened, and beginning to see, sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught Peter, and said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? After they got into the boat, the wind died down. Those who were in the boat did him homage, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Along with, you know, Doubting Thomas, I think we have a tendency to give Peter a rather hard time among the ranks of the Apostles. We have a tendency to think of him as kind of a babbling kind of buffoon at different points. He kind of stumbles over himself, right? But I think in today's Gospel, we can kind of, I've heard people take that kind of view, like, look, Peter sank. That's kind of the point that we focus on. But I think there's an element to this gospel that we really need to draw out, we need to look at, to really look at what Peter gets right and where he falls short. And as we begin this gospel, we, Matthew sets the context for us. Jesus sends the disciples in the boat across the sea while he himself stays and prays, which is rather interesting because we see again and again and again in the gospels that Jesus has foreknowledge, has control of the weather. And it seems that he sends them out into the sea, full well knowing that they're going to run into the storm. He knows what's coming. He knows what they're going to face. And yet he sends them out anyways, which is kind of interesting and fascinating if you think about it. But then, you know, we see Jesus, and this, I think this is a really important point, because then... The disciples are probably out on the water, facing the storm, wondering, like, why the heck did he send us out here? What is going on? The wind is so strong that they're basically getting nowhere. They're literally treading water. And then here comes Jesus, and it seems so elegant and simple, just strolling along the water as though it's a nice Sunday walk. He comes to them. And it even seems that he's probably going to pass them by. And so we can understand why they think at first it's a ghost. Like, they can't get anywhere in a boat. And here Jesus is walking on the water in the middle of a storm against the wind as though it's nothing. And they think that it's a ghost. But then Jesus 
utters words to us that are repeated again and again by the Lord throughout Scripture. Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. His presence and his presence alone is enough, is his point. He is enough for them. That even in the midst of the storm that he sent them into, he still has them in hand. He still will take care of them. And they will be cared for. And then here's the part that I think is so beautiful. We see Peter at his absolute best. And these coming words are just so amazing and beautiful to me. Peter said to him in reply, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. Peter got out of the boat and began to walk in the water towards Jesus. This is rather amazing because Peter has the guts to say, wait a second. Here we are in this boat that we made at our trade, because no most of them are fishermen, getting absolutely nowhere. And here's Jesus, who has told us that the power that he has has been given to us. Maybe I should be able to do the same thing that he's doing. Maybe he will give me that power to walk on the water. And so Peter's the one here who has the guts to ask for it, right? Has the guts to risk it. Another perspective in this gospel that I just have to imagine is from the perspective of the other 11 disciples. What are they doing at this point? We can imagine them kind of like holding their breath as Peter begins to take a step out of the boat, right? Thinking to themselves, well, that's the last we're ever going to see of Peter. He's probably going to sink. Never to be seen again. Or thinking to themselves, what a stupid question. Why would you ask to do that? And perhaps a little jealous that he had the courage to do so. A number of things could have been going through each of their heads, depending on who they were, and perhaps multiple of those thoughts went through each of their heads. And then Peter begins to walk. The Lord commands him, and he begins to walk towards Jesus in the water. Then the story begins to take a more kind of perhaps doubtful turn. But when he saw how strong the wind was, that is Peter, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught Peter. Peter took his eyes off the Lord. Up to this point, he didn't even notice that there was a storm going on. He didn't know that the wind was against him. He had no, he had not processed it in any way. He was simply focused on Jesus and getting to him. That was it. And there's actually an interesting detail here that tells us just how far he got. It says that after he cried out, Lord, save me, immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught Peter. It doesn't say Jesus ran to him. He was literally in Jesus' face. Because all Jesus had to do was stretch out his hand and lift him up. He had probably traveled a good 10, 20, 30 yards in the water 
He'd gotten so close that he was right there and all Jesus had to do was stretch out his hand and lift him up. And so there's this instance here in which we can give Peter his due. He got 99% of the way before he faltered. And I think here as we look at this passage, it's so important for us to think about what are the storms in our life that we're going through. What are the doubts that we allow to creep into our head about our Lord, our faith? Perhaps for us the storm is the death of a loved one or a loved one who's suffering with some illness. Perhaps it's a personal struggle that we can't seem to kick. Perhaps it's beacons of light. Perhaps it's a host of other things, individual to each of us. And how we, like the disciples, in a boat that we've made with our own hands, our own way of doing things, this is how I've always handled it. But getting nowhere. Like the disciples on the sea, making no progress. Because the Sea of Galilee is not that big. It says that if this was a few hours, it should only take them a few hours to cross the Sea of Galilee. So the Lord is calling them here, is calling us to get out of the boat. He's calling us to get out of the boat and walk towards him. That if we do it his way, it's way easier. Again, he's basically just trampsing across the sea as though it's just a nice speech. That his burden is easy and his yoke is light. That indeed, whenever we follow the Lord, whenever we focus on him alone, the sufferings we currently have, the storms we are going through, mean nothing. As Peter is able to go most of the way towards Jesus, whenever he's not paying attention to the storm, not paying attention to the giant waves around him, but just walking towards our Lord, all is well. And then Jesus says to Peter some rather harsh words, as Jesus has a tendency to do to Peter. Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And I think the fact that the Lord's willing to say this to Peter says something about Peter. That he was probably one of them was able to take it, right? I'm wrong, I get it. And I have to wonder that whenever our Lord uttered those words, what the other disciples might have thought. Peter had weak faith. What does that say about us who stayed in the boat, still clinging to our seats? Or perhaps, as human beings have a tendency to, what a loser. He thought he could do that. Look at him fail. And again, to belittle Peter, for at least trial. For at least making an effort to move towards the Lord, having the guts to actually follow him. Probably getting to mock him in their minds. And I think this isn't so important for us to avoid doing. 
that whenever people of faith try to carry out the will of the shepherd, sometimes expressed through the archbishop, we laugh, we mock, we doubt. That we ourselves can be of little faith. Are we judging the ones who are at least trying to get out of the boat and follow our Lord? as we cling to our seats and doubt and to our own way of doing it? Or do we, like Peter, at least try? Because when I think if we actually look at this next line, there's something left out which is kind of fascinating. After Jesus tells, you know, rebukes Peter, it says, after they got into the boat, the wind died down. It doesn't say how they got back to the boat. It gives us no details as to how that happened. As I see it, there's probably two possibilities. First, Jesus literally had to carry Jesus the rest of the way, or Jesus probably had to carry Peter the rest of the way back to the boat, carrying him like a child, which of course is a beautiful image of the good shepherd. And also an indication of how the Lord will always bring us back to this place of security for us, which is our identity as sons and daughters of God, as his beloved. And so Jesus could have carried Peter all the way back, which in itself has great beauty, and a truth that Jesus will carry us along some of the most difficult moments in our life. But I think there's a second possibility, and I think both are legit and have their own value of looking at it. I wonder if, after being pulled up, Peter then asked, let me try again. Let me have another go at it. Let me make this attempt. Or perhaps he failed multiple times again in their journey back to the boat. We don't know, but I think it's left open for us to ask ourselves that as well. Whenever we get out of the boat, whenever we try, to take the next steps in our faith, to grow in union with God, with Christ, to embrace our cross. And we fall short. We stumble. Do we try to get up again? Do we make an attempt to say, Lord, let me try again. Let me have another go at it. Right? St. Josemaria said, a saint is a sinner who keeps trying. The Lord invites us to try and try again. The task is too big for you, too big for me. But the Lord calls us to get out of the boat. He calls us to follow him. He calls us to ultimately take heart, take courage and not be afraid. There is a great assurance here in this gospel. The great assurance that if we trust the Lord, and we even just try and we fall short, he's still going to save us. He's still going to raise us up. But we do have to ask ourselves the initial start of this gospel. Do we want to be more like the 11 disciples, 11 apostles? To stay in our boat, our own attempts to white-knuckle our lives, control it, 
holding on for dear life to just get through the day? Or do we want to be more like Peter and have the courage and the guts to command the Lord for us to come out into the water? To stop worrying about the storm and focus on him and to seek him before all else. For it is in that that we come to the understand that he is truly the Son of God. He is truly Lord of the universe. And he has each and every one of us in hand. That if we take up our cross and follow him, Jesus will lead us to the waters of everlasting life.